0: Welcome and thanks for listening. This is your Nebraska Judicial Branch. Greetings and thank you again for joining us. Today we are joined by Jennifer Verhein, the Language Access Coordinator for the Nebraska Judicial Branch. Jennifer, thank you for coming in.
1: It is my pleasure, Jean.
0: Let's start by just talking about what language access coordinator means. I know in 2017, the Supreme Court formed a commission on access to justice, and the purpose of that commission was to provide equal access to swift, fair justice for all Nebraskans, regardless of income, race, ethnicity, gender, disability, age, or language. You are here to help us fulfill the language access portion of that, correct?
1: That is correct Jean, but in fact the Language Access Program far predates the 2017 creation of the Access to Justice Commission. It has its origins back clear to 1973 with the passage of legislation providing for court interpreters for limited English proficient litigants. An Interpreter Advisory Committee was established by former Chief Justice John Gerard around the time that legislation was passed, to steer the language access program.
0: When you say English proficient, could you go a little bit deeper into that? Because I think a lot of people might limit that to Spanish speaking, but it's far wider ranging than that.
1: It is absolutely more far ranging than that, Jean. In fact, limited English proficient is any individual, whether it's a party to a case or a witness or a litigant or a parent of a child participating in a case who has limited ability to speak or to understand English. It can also include an individual who is deaf or hard of hearing and requires sign language interpretation. It applies to any language, not merely Spanish.
0: How easy is that for you? When you're I don't care if you're in Lincoln or Omaha or in Scottsbluff or Alliance or Shadron or Rushville or someplace else. How easy is it for you to come up with interpreters?
1: Well, it varies really according to the language that we have. The statewide language access program has provided court interpreters across all 12 of Nebraska's judicial districts. And we've provided in the past fiscal year, ending in July 2020, interpreters of 47 different languages. Everything from Albanian to Yoruba, which is a language of West Africa. So when we have local, meaning resident Nebraska interpreters, we make our best efforts to use those interpreters for the languages that we have here locally. Our interpreters appear in person. They can also appear remotely by video or by telephone. If we do not have resident Nebraska interpreters in a needed language, then part of my responsibility as the statewide language access coordinator is to locate and negotiate contract terms with an out-of-state interpreter to bring that interpreter here for language access in Nebraska. Most recently, I've worked with a KUNAMI interpreter from Colorado to provide language access for three families with juveniles in Dawson County
0: Court. So 47 different languages in the last year. How many of those did you find local interpretation for and how many did you have to go outside to find?
1: I don't have hard statistics on that in front of me, Jean. Certainly the, the most commonly interpreted languages here in Nebraska, we do have resident interpreters. Those tend to be Spanish, of course. That's about half of our interpreter cases in Nebraska, both in the courts and probation. We also have quite a few Arabic interpreter cases, and we do have resident Arabic interpreters here in Nebraska. And there are also quite a number of Karen interpreter cases. Karen is a language of Myanmar, and we do have some Karen interpreters here in Nebraska as well. So we do our best to fulfill needs with local Nebraska interpreters. It's only when we cannot find interpreters here in Nebraska to meet a need that we start looking outside the state.
0: In certain settings, for example, if you're writing an academic paper, you're going to write differently than you are if you're writing satire, for example. So when you're talking about court interpretation, are you looking for somebody to speak more formally in their native tongue when they're interpreting the English? Is it just however it comes across in court? It's looking for an accurate record of exactly what was said and then a relay back to the individual in need of the services How does that work exactly?
1: Our court interpreters must match the register of the English speaker or the limited English proficient speaker in the courtroom in each rendering they give. So if a judge is speaking at very high register, using very formal words, using legal terms and references, the interpreter needs to match that high register of the language. If, on the other hand, a limited English proficient litigant is using street slang or even offensive language, the interpreter must maintain that register when they render it from the foreign language into English. So the interpreter needs to have a very broad range of vocabulary and be able to move seamlessly between those ranges of vocabulary and from English into their non-English language and back again.
0: Just so I'm clear, when you say register, what exactly do you mean? Are you talking about the vocabulary used? Are you talking about tone of voice, level of volume, etc.?
1: Primarily, I'm talking about the level of the vocabulary used. So high register vocabulary is what we would most often hear coming from our judges sitting on the bench. And then there's a mid-range level of vocabulary, which may be a lay witness or a police officer. They may have some specific terms related to the work that they do, but generally speaking, um, they use familiar words to most English listeners. And then there's the street slang or the obscenities or the very casual language that perhaps you use with your friends or that, that you hear high school students speaking as they walk home along Van Dorn Street in Lincoln.
0: Is an interpreter allowed to interpret in a multitude of ways? In other words, not only the language, but let's say, for example, the non-English proficient individual isn't really grasping what the judge is saying or what the attorney is asking. Is the interpreter able or allowed to say, okay, here's what officially was said, but this is what they were really getting at. Here's the real question.
1: Absolutely not. The interpreter's only role, and it's a critically important role that requires incredible mastery and attention to detail, is to serve as a conduit. So whatever is said in English, that interpreter renders into Spanish or whatever language is required. The interpreter is not an explainer. The interpreter is not an advocate for the limited English proficient individual. The interpreter is solely a conduit. They are also not a cultural broker for limited English proficient individuals. That means they do not explain in that role as an interpreter why it is someone may be saying a certain thing or there may be a certain cultural practice that seems dangerous or unfamiliar in this country.
0: Jennifer, you've spent a lot of time talking about interpretation. Another concept word that comes into play when you're talking about language access is translation. Is there a difference between interpretation and translation?
1: Fundamentally, translation is taking the written word from English into a non-English language. So translating court forms or probation documents from English into Spanish. It is a slow deliberative process often that requires research and attention to detail. Interpretation is spoken. It is taking words spoken in one language and rendering them in another. So if a witness is speaking in Spanish, the interpreter will render the witness's Spanish words into English and will render the court's English-spoken words into Spanish, and it is a conduit function.
0: Jennifer, the court functions are wide and varied. They cover criminal cases, civil cases, evictions, child custody, divorce, you name it. You talked earlier about 47 different languages used or needed during the last fiscal year. Do you have any stats around just how many cases were covered, how many hours that involved, how many interpreters you needed to use to cover those 47 languages?
1: I can tell you that across the 12 judicial districts we had 11,678 interpreter appearances in fiscal year 2020. That resulted in providing language access to a total of 24,467 individuals. Now, maybe those individuals appeared more than one time, so that was two instances of service for one individual, but they're counted discreetly because each time someone appears in court, they're entitled to an interpreter. Likewise, interpreters are assigned for all cases, all types of cases, not merely criminal cases, but juvenile cases and civil cases, even small claims cases. Our interpreters provided language access in the 11,678 appearances by interpreters 49% of those appearances were for criminal cases, not quite half. The balance of those appearances were divided almost equally between civil cases, things like divorce or child custody or a contract claim, probation services, and juvenile cases. So it is fairly widespread, but it's not simply a matter of criminal defendants being provided language access service.
0: I have just kind of an inquiring minds would like to know question for you. If I'm in a divorce proceeding and both the husband and wife need an interpreter, do you use one interpreter for both or do they each have an interpreter?
1: Well, it really depends on the length of the proceeding, Jean. If a hearing is expected to last more than two hours then under Nebraska Supreme Court rule, we must assign two interpreters to that proceeding. And they work as a team. One will interpret for 20 to 30 minutes, and then the other will tag in and interpret for the next 20 to 30 minutes. It allows the interpreter's time to get a drink of water, to recover their voice, to do any research they may need to do. But if it's a shorter proceeding, The interpreter would interpret for both limited English proficient parties, and we accomplished that by using audio equipment where each limited English proficient individual has an earpiece in and they can hear the interpreter rendering anything spoken in English in their non-English language. However, when they testify in Spanish or Karen or Arabic, the interpreter would then render it in English.
0: That is a lot of hours. That is a lot of incidents. That's a lot of languages. I'm assuming that you could always use more certified interpreters in your pool. If I was interested in becoming an interpreter for you any place in the 93 counties of Nebraska, how would I go about doing that?
1: We would love to add to our interpreter pool. And the first step to becoming an interpreter is to simply reach out to the language access program. You can access that on the Judicial Branch website under Programs and Services and the Interpreter tab. There's an email address there. They can either email nsc.interpreters at nebraska.gov or email me directly. We'll then send them information about the court interpreter certification process, which is different than simply obtaining a driver's license. It's a much more detailed process. It's three steps. Interpreter Orientation which is an introduction to the skills and ethics of court interpretation. Interpreter written exam, which is a test of English language, interpreter ethics, and court terms. And the interpreter oral exam, which is a test of actual interpreting skills.
0: Language access, yet another example of a service provided by the Nebraska Judicial Branch. Jennifer Verheyen, thank you very much for joining us today.
1: It's my pleasure, Jean.
0: This has been another episode of Your Nebraska Judicial Branch. Please remember to subscribe, like, and review us on your favorite podcast platform.